All right. Can you hear me there, Brian? Oh, yeah, we can hear you loud and clear now, brother. That's great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, Glad I was able to get through there. There was a little bit of a delay feedback on my end, but we are good. Yeah. Um, You know, that's a a great actual topic that comes up quite frequently, whether it's directly or indirectly, Um, you know, from from founders or or, or projects or even just – Creators themselves, I mean, they're, they're kind of wondering, okay, well, what is it that we're going to be able to do or not do? What What is it that, say, that I haven't done yet, but maybe is a little bit faux pas now, and, and we got to wait a little bit longer before that cyclical period ends, and now people are more open to certain things again, um, simply because the space had gotten a little jaded and, and tainted from, you know, bad taste in their mouth from people who just either didn't pull things off appropriately or executed them well or or had bad intentions, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Well, and then, I mean, gosh, you just as you're talking, David, there's like five uh, different forks we could take from there, all the things that are going through my head of like promises that uh, people have made about collections, but then never followed through on them, or, you know, and, and, and rug pulls and all of that too, but... So yeah. I think, yeah, I think, um, you know, right off the bat, yeah, I, I, I could name 30 things right now. I think one good example of, you know, what it is that a project should, you know, spend special attention and care for would be the, the actual defining of what their utility is or isn't. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that, more and more versions of NFT tech usage uh, in the in the collectible space because now I mean NFTs are universally used for many different things. I mean, it doesn't have to be something that you're just kind of holding on to or that is is stored in your wallet and is collectible or or just whimsical. It can have actual you know functionality. Um, from opening locks at Airbnbs to, uh, you know, securing your tickets at, 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 a, at a concert. So in terms of the collectible space, um, it's important to say from the get-go that those parameters are defined that, look, this project or this curated collection will provide you this and only this. And how that's different than before is, well, you know, it was either left up to, you know, kind of speculation that the sky's the limit, or it was, you know, a list of 15 things that only two of them came to fruition, or it was, uh, you know, or, or it, was, it, was, it was vague and ambiguous, and it left the buyer, the community member, the holder to sort of try to define what it meant to hold it. And that's, I mean, that's about as dangerous as it can get because there's a lack of communication and clarity there as to what is it that you're getting. And it's actually that lack of clarity, I think, that has allowed the SEC to kind of come in and seek that opportunity to say, well, if you're not clearly defining what you are or if you're allowing your 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 uh, your collection to fall into the the gray areas of securities or whatnot, uh, then we're going to go in and step in and, and uh, you know, two or three bad stories 
and leverage that to, to take over the entire industry. <laughs> and, you know, that, that, that mm-hmm. is an unfortunate conversation that is probably for another day regarding how that's impacted. But uh, I would say that clearly defining and then not, you know, defining what your, your collection is or not is important, I think, this summer and moving forward from now on. Yeah. You know, and just as as you were talking, there was one particular example of an NFT collection that uh, that came to mind. Well, actually, no, I'm going to I'm going to add add two to that. But the, I'll start with the first one. And that is an um, collection started by uh, Damien Hurst, who is, uh, you know, a successful uh, modern uh, artist, um, not just. But, but I'm talking about this particular collection that he started called The Currency, and he started it back in July of 2021. And what he did is he created these uh, – he created 1,921 uh, unique pieces, but this wasn't just digital art. It was um, – like an acrylic paint that he did and they were just these little like one foot by one foot squares and they were a series of colored dots. Um, But then he gave them all these like really cool like titles, but his proposition was he uh, created a one-to-one relationship where he was also assigning an NFT with an image that matched that uh, unique piece of physical art. And he basically put this out there and he said, you have until uh, it was like July of 2022. So you have a year from the time that you buy this to decide what do you value more? Do you value the NFT, the, 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 the digital, you know, version of that um, yeah, uh, secured safely on the, the blockchain or do you value the physical art piece? And you had to indicate which one you valued more. And then come July of 2022, one one of those was going to be burned and one was going to be delivered to you. So you could either choose to keep the NFT and they would send it to the wallet that you chose. And then uh, or you could choose the physical piece. And then uh, you, he would, uh, they would actually burn the NFT, destroy the NFT permanently so it could never be accessed again. And then you'd be stuck with the uh, – or not stuck with, but you'd have the, the physical piece. But you couldn't have both. And then he was also literally he, – he made a big bonfire and burned all the physical pieces <laughs> that were not delivered because the people uh, chose – the nfts and so it was this grand experiment to see hey as we move forward what will we value more will we value the um uh nfts or the physical pieces and the answer to that is um in the end after uh it was july 27th was the deadline uh there were uh there were ten thousand pieces in total and it ended up being that the final supply of NFTs is 4,851. And uh, right down the middle. Yep, almost right down the middle. Yep. So um, well, I heard a story like this. What's the name of the artist? Damien, D-A-M-I-E-N, and then Hearst, 
H-I-R-S-T. And the name of his collection was The Currency. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So I never I never had the uh the actual artist attached to the story, but it was kind of something that would just get you know circled around or whatnot. And I'm looking at this right now. See, the actual process of all this is the art itself. You know what I mean? The 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 bonfire yeah. and, and then leading up to the moment. I mean, that experience is really what the utility is, if you ask me. You know, that's so awesome. It is. And but now see, this is why I wanted to bring up this example. Because I happen to own one of these. And so David, what do you think? Did I do I have the physical piece hanging on my wall or do I have the NFT stored in a wallet? What do you think? I would say you have the uh, NFT stored in a wallet. Okay. Well, yes, you are correct. It might be because you know me and we have a similar interest in <laughs> NFTs and we're working together to launch our own uh, NFT collection, which will be Forever 11, by the way. Come check us out at forever11.com. So maybe that was too obvious of a question. But yes, I do. I have the NFT. But this is exactly why I wanted to bring this up is I was fascinated about this project when I learned about it. And so I literally bought into it um, about six months before the deadline. Um, So this is maybe around like January or whatever of 2022. And I kept you know, about every month or so, uh, it popped back into my mind and I'd, I'd ask, you know, my wife, Susan, um, like, so what should we do? Should we, should we keep the physical piece? And now see, cause you have to keep in mind this guy, Damien Hurst, like he is like a legit recognized accomplished artist. So his physical piece, his physical pieces, I should say, are well known and have value. So it's not like, Oh, just some, you know, Joe Schmo, like, okay, I'm going to have this somebody's painting i don't know but this is a recognized artist so i'm like man i'm like it's arguably, it's arguably the safer bet if you think yeah argue the safe yeah so i i like i like that, that 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 decision was was i would imagine was kind of a tough decision i know it would have been for me uh but i would have taken that leap of faith just as you did and gone with the digital uh with the digital piece i, I like that but yeah it was so you know and 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 you're right in that I think that in and of itself for the six months that I had to decide, like that was actually like some kind of utility. Like, like I literally would kind of, well, if I kept it, well, if I didn't, well, I, you know, and, and I would go through and I would, um, you know, kind of like analyze some of that, but here's the interesting thing that was last year. I look, if you were to do something like this again, well, one, I mean, you couldn't do this exact thing because, all right, well, it's been done and well, okay, you know, who, who just wants to, you know, copycat that. But also now that I'm on the other side of that burn event, I'm kind of like, well, all right, well, that was cool. And I still have the NFT, but now I just kind of don't know what to do. Like it was a cool experiment, but it just kind of stopped. And that is leading into some of the other things that I was hoping to to talk about today. And one of those things is like, as cool as that project was, you know, there was not really any community around it. Like I probably could have gone and found some chat room or something, but, but the project itself, I don't think really encouraged the fellow owners of the NFTs 
to, you know, come together in any way, maybe, you know, maybe talk about contemplate, uh, maybe have discussions about the pros of cons of, do I burn the physical art or do I burn, you know, the NFT and well, what are other people doing? Or wouldn't it be cool if somebody bought two of them? And I'm sure somebody did, but if somebody bought two of them, it's like, well, I'm going to keep one physical one and, you know, keep one digital one or like, I think that could have been really cool. Um, but clearly was not needed last year to be successful but if I look at projects this year, I, to me, that's one of the number one things I think that I would like to see, I guess is maybe the best way to put it in future NFT collections, is building a community, especially after we've all gone through this COVID BS. Like I'll, I, Now I'm like, I'll take community anywhere I can get it. But I think it'd be really cool to do that around NFTs. Yeah, I, I absolutely believe so. Um you know, I, I would say that that uh, our man uh, da- Damien Hirsch was uh, kind of ahead, yeah, ahead of his time here with with what mm-hmm. he pulled off. Um, looking back, there are other ways that I think they definitely could have capitalized or whatnot. But you know, whether that was the intent or not, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think that you know, putting people together as part of the utility, I think is important. I think sometimes though, and, and, and it, I think it's going to come down really to the, uh, you know, when you're dealing with creators and you're dealing with artists, you know, there, there's always a, a chance there where, you know, you're going to have to ask yourself first off, you know, whether, whether it's, you know, internally, you know, in, in a self-awareness type thing or whether it's, when you're introducing yourself and you're speaking to someone, you know, they're an artist, you know, are they, are they, are they introverted? Are they extroverted? And, and what, what is going to be a comfortable way and means of them to, to facilitate communication and display their art. And I think what's going to be great about forever 11 is that we're going to be able to put something together where sometimes the, 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 the art, the, the talents, uh, begins and, and, and it ends there and sometimes artists uh, maybe for reasons of just you know shyness or just confidence or just again maybe it's just a persona they're very introverted introverted and they're private they uh, they may need a, a little uh, a little push or a little uh, avenue a platform of encouragement that will say hey you know what we've got some great stuff here let's 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 put this together so we can get your stuff in front of a wider, more deserving audience that needs to see your work, needs to see what it is that you have to share with the world. And it's not going to be completely reliant on, on how confident you are to speak or engage or how shy you are. Maybe you sit back and you let the room warm up a little bit, whether that be in a digital format of a community or you know, in the actual IRL. But that won't matter anymore. And I think that's something that Forever 11 is going to be resolving that was a major issue in Web 2 and and in pretty much the entire existence of IRL events or or, or the business model of artists. And that gets resolved immediately. Uh, You know, once once that creator brings their work to Forever, uh, Forever 11, they're they're going to have the tools and the resources and the encouragement they need to get it out there without them really having to step outside their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, you know, 
I, I completely agree with what you're saying, David. And I, I love that you've, you've brought up forever 11 because yeah, I would love to, to touch on that a little bit too. I think I, I personally just want to circle back just to Damien one more time and just be really clear for our audience. Like he's for me as somebody that is now dipping my toe into the NFC, NFT space, not just as a collector, but now as uh, developing our own collection here at Forever 11. Like I look at Damien and he, to me, is like one of my heroes because he's absolutely a pioneer and he obviously had to put in a ton of work to create physically 10,000 unique pieces. You know, this isn't just 10,000 AI generated pieces. So he put a ton of work into this and took the gamble himself. And I'm super excited that it paid off for him. I just brought that example up today because it's kind of like, all right, it's cool. It's been done. And like, all right, what have you done for me lately? And that's really what we're focusing on is like, okay, cool. What's next? And yeah, you're absolutely right, David, you know, at Forever 11, one of our unique, I guess, I haven't seen this done exactly the way that we're intending to do it, is, um, you know, our, our audience will likely be happy to know I am not creating a bunch of artwork. And uh, if you have ever seen me draw something, you would know why I'm making that statement. But what I am super excited about is by being surrounded by so many people that I know that are super talented artists and like they're recognized by maybe 50 people, a hundred people, 300 people. And I just sit here and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like the world needs to see this. And that was really kind of what started this whole journey was the world needs to see all of these people's art. And that is, I think, one of our, you know, um, unique propositions is giving all of these artists that aren't Damien Hirst, that aren't in museums, aren't in galleries, you know, um, able to just sell their art for, you know, uh, prices of, you know, used or new cars. Um, and those, but those people still have some amazing talent and that's one of the things we're hoping to do here is to give people that platform. And I love, David, how you mentioned how maybe they're shy and maybe they uh, don't know how to market themselves or maybe they maybe they do, but they just don't want to. They're like, you know what? I do one thing really well. I create really amazing art and I just want to keep you know going for it. And um, that's if that's the case, that's totally cool. But we're happy to be maybe that conduit to help them get out there. So exactly, exactly. And, and, and if, if it's the opposite situation where you have no problem, you know, uh, talking about your pieces, talking about your inspiration and, 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 and just kind of introducing yourself to new people, then obviously the platform uh, will not only, uh, you know, onboard that, but it, it will it will it will like exponentially uh, blow up that type of reach and that and that level of, of inner engagement that the artist has. So I think that's very, very cool. So that would be my 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 first example of you know what what not to do that was done prior mm -hmm. last summer, which would which would be the uh, the lack of clarity on on utility. Yeah. Uh, if I had to pick a second one, it would probably be using or leveraging the least amount of AI as possible mm -hmm. in your work mm -hmm. uh, um, on any level, even if it's for 
even if it's for time efficiency matters, yeah. you know what I mean? Even if it's not from a creative aspect, I would still stay away from it. It's something that's going to be and still is and going to get even more popular uh, this calendar year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think taking the time to not use that, uh, whether it's in a gener- generative purpose or whatever, you know, of course, a lot depends on what the format mm-hmm. is uh, or, or the meat of your actual work, but the category. But if it takes you an extra few days or even a couple of weeks to do something that allows you to say that you did not incorporate that tech, I think it's going to be enough to significantly stand your work apart from what everyone else is doing. And, and that's something that's important because the world is full of, of wonderful, talented artists and, and it's full of amazing work out there. You've got to be able to do something to also stand out from the noise. Um, because everybody has something to say. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something that they, they, they want to create in order to um, convey what that message is. And they do it through art. And not everything is going to speak to everyone. So, you know, you got to be able to help your end, your end uh, supporter, your end buyer uh, find you. And in order to do that, you want to be able to, to, to implement some sort of strategies that, that allow you to do so. And I think that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Dave, David, I'm going to springboard off of what you just said that you're with your, your number two being, you know, we'll say minimizing um, uh, the amount of AI used, or, you know, maybe even, I, I guess it's a uh, beauties in the, but I the beholder, but maybe it's, you know, completely eliminating or not having any AI in your art. But I'm going to springboard off that and say uh, another thing that, yes, we are incorporating this into Forever 11, but that I would actually love to see, not just in our collection, but would love to see in other people's collections, is a little bit more of the storytelling. And I think you were kind of starting to to touch on that a little bit as well. And by that, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, like. Uh, when I see an amazing piece of art, I, I, I have so many questions and I can appreciate maybe the artist's intention is, um, especially if it's going to be abstract, like, well, what do you see in it? Because maybe what you see is different than what I see and whatever. But but we have a lot of art, too, though, that I look at and I'm like, OK, somebody was clearly feeling or thinking something or they had an inspiration behind it. Like, who did this? Why did they do it? Why, why did they do it that way? Why did they use this medium? You know, like so many questions. And that's something that, you know, if we look at like AI generated art, I, I mean, okay, what words did you type into mid journey to create this? Okay. Well, yeah, that might be kind of like interesting, but um, what I'm excited for about this project in particular is how we're intentionally trying to capture both the story of the artist as well as the story behind each individual piece of art. And so that this can be something that, yes, you can get to own this really cool looking NFT created by a human or by a real human, but also you're going to get to know the actual person that created it. And you're going to get to know the why behind it you know, why they created it, uh, how they did it and much, much more. And, and I'm just super excited about that. And, you know, they do say imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And, 
man, I hope once we get this up and running, I, I would love to see more NFT collections revealing what's behind the why behind them too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll say that um, it's probably the biggest uh, skill set that I'm able to come in and save the day when I'm working with, with, with projects on founder or collection or brand or company. And it's, 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 it's either the inability to, you know, kind of tell a story or convey that story appropriately or, or, or just completely ignoring the importance and how relevant it is to be able to add a form of intangible substance to what it is that's being presented. Um, I think that it does need to, to uh, continuously be looked at. It's still something that's very undervalued copywriting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, and I'm a little bit biased coming from marketing, but I, I think a, a a product or an NFT in this instance, an NFT collection or whatnot. I mean, you could be you could be selling a brick, and if your quality of marketing and, and, and your strategy and your branding, and specifically your copywriting, your ability to storytell, is powerful enough, you'll still be able to move those bricks. Sure, you know, so you would you want to be in a position where while your art should be able to stand alone on itself, you know, why not give it an opportunity to sizzle and, and, and make sure that you are able to sort of bring a, not a tangibility per se, but bring a, a sense of understanding of what it was like to have poured, you know, your blood, sweat, tears, and your soul into your work because that's the product of it. But what went into getting to that product is also part of the journey. That's part of why it is that a person finds it intriguing and, and of, of substance. It's, you know, I'm a fan of the, of the show American Pickers mm -hmm. and something that Mike Wolf always talks about is it's not so much the, the Americana and the collectible and, and, and uh, you know, the rarity of it, it's story that's behind it. So whenever he's out there and he's picking and he's going through old barns, he's going through through basements and stuff that's you know been forgotten has been opened in four decades, he always makes sure that he extracts whatever it is that he can from that person uh, in terms of backstory. Like where did this come from? How did it get here? Tell me about the journey. Mike will inject his journey on how he came about it, and then he bundles all that in to what inevitably inevitably would be a for sure sale for someone because it's it's so much more than just a sign that they're buying or or or, or the toy uh it's it's the story behind it as well because when people want to take that with them they want to be able to share something about it with those that are that are viewing it yeah absolutely you know i was just over at my cousin's house last night and he is a collector of like world war one style uh rifles and he was showing me a couple of them and he showed me this one in particular that the 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 butt of the gun there was this metal plate and these two screws and he pulled out a screwdriver he took the two screws off and underneath he said i just he's like i've owned this gun for like 15 years and he's like, I something 
told me to take this plate off. I took it off. And he's like, I just discovered this a few weeks ago. And in there was this little piece of paper with an, no. with an address on it in Ohio. Wow. And so he went into like Google Maps, put the address in, and he said, sure enough, it's this tiny little like, you know, 800 square foot like farmhouse. And he hasn't gone any further than that, but he's sitting here going like, oh my gosh, I got to figure out, like, could I figure out like who might've owned this house or what, you know, but, but instantly what we were starting to go, the path we were going down is what kind of stories are behind this gun and, and who it was issued to and, you know, what kinds of theaters of war it's seen or, you know, just, but I think that's kind of like what you're, what you're getting at with, you know, like how you could sell a brick with marketing. Like if you, if you could tell the the full story behind it, it's value just goes through the roof, you know? Exactly. And the difference between, you know, corporate marketing and artistic marketing is that I don't have to go in there and invent the story with artists. There is a story. It's already there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's already there. Um, what we would be able to help do and accomplish, you know, on the platform, or at least that's something that I would like to make sure that we're offering for those that are looking for that is, is just kind of being able to help them. Tell their yes. Story. Sometimes it takes a little bit of questions and then a little bit of pointing in direction. And then once you open up that, that, that tab, uh, it, it all pours out and just becomes much easier. Um, I think that's cool. Very, very cool story that you just said. I, I'm actually keep me posted on that. I'm hoping yeah. that he, he finds a way to come in contact with that that property, those owners, and see uh, who knows. I mean, if it's still in the family line or whatnot, but it adds a story. I'm, uh, you know, thousands of miles away from you, uh, and, and I'm, I'm even further from whoever owns this rifle, but it's like that feeling of connectivity that the human, the human heart, the human spirit craves. And when you reverse engineer to the, from that need to how that gets facilitated, you, you know, you go down far enough and it's, it's through art, mm-hmm. you know, it's through, it's through NFTs. I mean, this is really what we're accomplishing here is, you know, for the human spirit to feel connected in one way or another, there's different driving forces behind that, but um, that's what art accomplishes. And, and this is a, uh, this is that new wave of how it is that this industry is evolving and changing. And, and this is how it's going to continue to accomplish that through, through NFTs and, and digital collectibles. Um, very cool story. Very cool. Story. So that, that would be the second thing that I would say would, uh, you know, you try to, you know, be able to avoid this integration, if at all, of AI, unless it's a completely AI based right. kind of concept and it's AI art and you're, you're sort of testing the waters or whatnot. And it's like for a purpose, I would say a third example uh, for me would be to not make your first entry point, whether whether you're a business, a collective, a DAO, a brand, or an individual artist, not make your first NFT collection, you know, the big one. Mm-hmm. Because what's going to end up happening, in my, my opinion, is that you're, you're going to come across a couple of things. Um, inevitably, you, you may come across uh, paralysis by perfection. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's going to take three years to do something that after say you did something before that once or twice to kind of get a, you know, learn the ropes a little bit. It might've only actually taken you six months. I just kind of dive in with something smaller. So the second thing that may happen from this is that while you're taking a while to build it out, the market may change so much 
that your original concept may not have any more, uh, you know, any more direct value to the current mindset of the market, or it'll be a much more uphill battle. So in order to avoid that, while still getting your brand out there and getting comfortable with things and still doing it in an appropriate way, just kind of minimize the, uh, the collection, get something small out there, you know, uh, maybe a, a smaller type of addition where it's, it doesn't have to be the big collection. It doesn't have to be the perfect one. It's not the one that's going to necessarily get you in all the galleries across the world, Christie's or anything like that. But like, Something that's just going to kind of put you on the map. More importantly, it's going to give you that inner confidence to say, okay, this is a new concept, a new tech. Uh, let me figure out how I can best integrate my style with what I do into it, work out the bugs. And, you know, there's no big, uh, you know, stack of expectations that you're going to have to, you feel that you have to meet. And, and then just ends up being counterproductive to, to, to everything that's important about moving forward. So I guess that would be the, the third thing that I would say is like that that was kind of the model last summer. It's like, okay, what are we going to do? What's a big impact? What's the one thing we're going to do? And, you know, you end up having to build a team. You need larger resources than you thought because it's like you're, you're, you're pretending if it's like your desert island, you know, NFT. Like this is the one I have to do. And I think now with so much information and educational content out there, um, it's much more feasible to say, let me just make an entry level appearance just to get my feet wet. And what I think is perfect is that, you know, that's something that forever 11 is going to be able to facilitate and make it easier for everyone. You know yeah, I mean? absolutely. I mean, you know, just what you're talking is just like my, my dream in terms of what I really want forever 11 to be is absolutely for it to be that space for artists that have not, I mean, if you've done something in the NFT space and you just want to come participate because you think it's a cool project, absolutely, come join us. But if I'm being really honest, the real intent behind this project that got me so excited to start it was to help those artists that have never, you know, they've created great art, but they've never done anything in the NFT space, but they've kind of heard about it. Maybe they're kind of curious about it. They don't know where to start. And they find out it could be expensive or, well, then how do I promote this collection that I make and whatever, but you make a great point of maybe there are people out there that are the, we know, we know there are, but to those people that would really love to get an NFT collection out there, don't feel like you have to do it by yourself. Come just do one, two, three, whatever with us. And we would love to share our knowledge, our information teach you kind of about the environment, what the process looks like, just spend some time in our community. You'll probably figure out what people like, what people don't like, just kind of get a feel for the culture. And I think what you're really talking about, David, is we're giving people an opportunity to avoid all the mistakes that and all the lessons that you'd have to learn the hard way. And also come just learn, you know, all the things you don't know you don't know and then from there like we're not going to hold anybody hostage after you've done a couple nfts with us then man you'll be ready to go it alone or maybe maybe you want a little bit of assistance from us and maybe there's some way we can guide you or whatever but i i agree that is my dream for this project that it could be an amazing first step 
for a really long and fruitful journey for lots of different artists. 100%. 100%. I think that's a great way of framing it for sure. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's just so exciting to see the opportunities and the potential that's there for anybody that's really at any point in the journey, as you just said, it could be somebody brand new, someone who's actually never been able to put down their, their thoughts or, or, or their, their creative into the form of art. But, you know, 411 can take care of that. Uh, it's somebody who's new or, or just getting started, someone who's seasoned but not familiar with blockchain. Or somebody that's dropped five NFT collections already. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think there's, there's no avenue there that it's just not really going to be catered to for anyone. So. Yeah. But those are those are three you know, right off the bat things that I would say as as someone looking to enter the NFT space this year, pay attention to that necessarily worked last summer, but I would not recommend doing this summer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Um. All right. Well, hey, you know, David, this has been fantastic thank you so much again for joining us um just love it uh but i think Absolutely. we leave it right here we wrap things up and um we say uh hey look forward to coming back and joining us this coming thursday um because we're going to be doing this again at uh 12 30 eastern uh this coming thursday and we'll chat some more sound good david yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a plan. I'll see you there and uh, look forward to it. Awesome. See you guys. Take care.